Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I'm really excited about my message I have for you tonight. This is actually um, something God put on my heart several years ago, but I didn't really know how it fit into a message because God spoke to me through the maps. The whole Bible is anointed from Genesis to Revelation plus the, the maps, I think, are anointed. But God, God actually spoke to me a few years ago um, through the maps, and I was just reading in my daily Bible reading this morning, and like a light bulb went off from what God spoke to me about from the maps to what I was reading about King Solomon. So I want to show you, um, actually, I think they have the map that, that inspired me for this message. If they could pull that map up, it's, this is the exact map that I saw in a Bible atlas that I got from a thrift store. I love thrift stores um, for um, actually finding Bibles there and like Bible commentaries, but I found a really cool Bible atlas. And I was just reading through and I saw this picture and I saw, you can see Israel there. This is um, from the time of Abram. When Abram was called by God to go from Ur of the Chaldees, do you see Ur there, kind of on the bottom right? It's close to the Persian Gulf. What, what country would Ur be in today? Probably Iraq. So Abram was from Ur of the Chaldees, and God called him to a land that he did not know. He just set out, and God led him there. So he probably came up the Euphrates River, right? He came through, the, through Mesopotamia, because if you're going to move you know, your, you know, your wife and your servants and your sheep, you need water for them, right? You wouldn't just go straight through the Arabian Desert, right? So he came up probably along the Euphrates and then came down um, through modern um, you know, Lebanon and Syria and came into the land of Canaan. You can see the Dead Sea there, the Jordan River and um, settled there in Canaan. But um, God was showing me this, and I've heard um, Bible scholars talk about this, but, but um, it, you can pull it, keep the map up for a second. Um, but Israel, you can see, is a, what, what's called a land bridge. So if you want to go from Egypt to Mesopotamia, which were two of the greatest civilizations, you'd, you could, you'd, ha- you'd have to go through Israel. Right, so Israel was strategically placed. God called, set his chosen people. He strategically placed them there because he knew, even though on a map it might look insignificant, right? Israel is like the size of New Jersey, pretty small. But he knew it was a very um, important place to be. And um, um, because of that, um, throughout history, Israel became a great trading nation, especially under the reign of King Solomon. And I was reading about Solomon, and all this just came came to light. Um, so um, my first point is this. Even though Abram didn't know what was so special about this land, what would be so special about this land for thousands upon thousands of years, it's still very special today. A lot of people might just look at that little country on a map and say, why do people care about it so much? But it, God has strategically placed it there. So you might, you might look at your own life and see, well, I, I'm kind of in a small place right now. I don't really know. God has called me here. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be, but it just feels kind of small. Don't despise small beginnings, right? The Bible says in Job 8, verse 7, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. And God spoke that to Abraham. He said, your descendants are going to be like the stars. You won't even be able to count them. God was strategically placing Abram in a certain location. I believe that God strategically places people in certain locations to to meet certain people to bring about his will in certain ways. So don't 
sometimes, um, especially in our, our modern, very fast-paced, very more, more, more type culture, we get a little unsettled and just want to move all the time. Right? I, I, I remember when I, when I went to school in Pittsburgh, I became friends with the pastor's mom and um, the pastor's father. And, and um, the pastor's father had lived within a stone's throw his entire life, all 80 years of his life. A lot of people in that area of Pittsburgh just lived there their entire life. So he lived within a few blocks his entire life. Um, I think so, sometimes it, it's, it's good to believe for more, but we need to be content with, be right where God has called you to be and always do what God has called you to do, period. You might think, well, well this, this feels kind of small, but God... He can increase things abundantly. I was, I was looking at my parents' life. I like what it says here in Job 8, 7. I was kind of quoting that. But here in Job 8, 7, I was kind of telling my dad about my message, and he got really excited about it. So he said he's going to go back and watch it later. But um, here in Job 8, 7, it says, Though your beginning was small, yet, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. For inquire, please, of the former age, and consider the things discovered by their fathers. As I was kind of telling my dad about this message, he was realizing some things that he discovered throughout his life. It says, for we were born yesterday and know nothing, because our days on earth are a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and utter words from their heart? So my dad started uttering words from his heart. He remembers when he went to Kit Carson, some people looked at Kit Carson on a map and said, that place is so small, it's, it's insignificant. Why would you go there? But he went there because God called him there, and he settled down there. He, he, he built a church. He planted roots there for 13 years, and he, was, he poured his life into that church there in Kit Carson. And, and he didn't know exactly what God was doing at the time, but God knew what he was doing. God knew, and my father knew that God called him there and that he was being strategically placed there. There are some amazing lives that were touched there in that church. God, God placed us there for our family, for my parents, for me and my brothers, for people at that church, for that community, and for the kingdom. So just be, be where God has called you to be and do what God has called you to do, period. Because he, he loves to, to strategically place people there. You know, my parents, if they had just come to Carter Springs right off the bat, I don't think Karis Christian Center would be the way it is today. My dad learned from people in Kit Carson, you have to think big. There are a lot of ranchers there, a lot of farmers there. If you want to make it in, in the ag business, you got to go big or you go home. How many of you know that's kind of Pastor Lawson's attitude when it comes to ministry? If I'm going to do ministry, I'm going to go big. Just look around you. Or I, I, I'm going to go home. But, but he, he's gone big. You know, it was a great place for me and my kids. I, I actually had probably one of the greatest music teachers in the country there in Kit Carson as, a, as the music ed teacher there. Phenomenal teacher. He inspired me to, to get into music. He's the one who um, mentioned that you should play the flute. I got into the flute. He set me up with a great teacher. My father would drive me three hours one way to, to get to this teacher. Once a month, I'd have a two-hour lesson in Greeley, Colorado, with a woman who is a professor at University of Northern Colorado. So God brought great connections there while we were in Kit Carson. You know, people at that church were impacted. They've gone on to do great things. I see Karen Trout here tonight. Karen, Karen, when did you first come to church in Kit Carson here, Pastor Lawson preach? What year? Nineteen eighty-nine, and her son Greg and his wife 
Kim Traup uh, helped us plant this church. Their daughter, Abby, is now our babysitter. She just turned 17 years old. We, Heather, Heather, Heather is a very generous person. She said, you need to pay Abby very well, and I did. And Abby said, you don't have to pay me that much. And I said, well, I probably wouldn't have a job if it weren't for your family, you know, helping my dad start the church. And so we, we owe, it, owe it to you. Um, you know, Carrie Pickett was my babysitter. She tells a story about how I like to, to pour grape juice in the sink and put all my G.I. Joe, you know, action figures in the sink and um, bathe them in the grape juice. And, um, you know, she, she, she came out of our church, went to Karis Bio, or Colorado Bible College at the time. She's one of the, the first um, batches of students there. Now she's the director of Karis Bible College, you know, one of the greatest Bible colleges in the world today. You know, um, we had a staff meeting the other day. My parents asked me to lead the staff meeting, so God just put it on my heart to go through every single staff member. We have about 20 staff members and just um, ask them, you know, how long have you been at our church for and how long have you um, been getting a paycheck from the church? And every single person on our church actually came to our church and served before they got hired at our church. Every single person. How, that's kind of cool. And I was just asking people, you know, when, when did you first come here? When did you start serving? And... Um, I would just kind of just, um, just encourage them, just, just tell them uh, what I saw in them. And um, it's kind of neat as I was going through people, we just have a really neat staff, but I got to Larry Gifford here, Pastor Larry. He said, well, I first um, you know, came, came to Pastor Lawson's church in 1988. So I was uh, just one or two years, I was one years old at the time. I was born in 87. So, so he's known me since I was one year old. And uh, that's, that's kind of cool to think about. You know, we got to another young woman here on staff, and she's, well, she, I think she's 23 now. She's, she said, well, I, I've been coming here since I was four years old, and I've been working here for two years now. So she's the only person on staff who this is her only church. She has no memories of any other church besides this church. So it's just kind of cool um, just seeing um, the impact that, that has been happening um, through this ministry. And um, man, just there, there in Kit Carson, we were, we were touching the world. We were, we were giving over $50,000 a year to, to outside ministries. Lester Sumrall saw the significance of that church in Kit Carson. He came out to Kit Carson several times to preach. Andrew Womack saw the significance of that church in Kit Carson, came almost every year for, for, for several years out to that church. And um, um, I believe that God is strategically placing people I believe that all of you here tonight are not here by accident. God wants you to be sitting right in that exact seat tonight, hearing this exact message from this exact preacher, to realize that God has strategically placed you for his divine purposes. Amen? So my first point is this. Your location has supernatural significance. And again, just looking at, at, at Israel on a map, I kind of saw this. I saw the significance that it was like the center of several great civilizations. I, I know that like Jewish people are very great traders. They're very great business people because for thousands of years, people have been coming in and out of their country. They've been the middlemen, right? And really for thousands, it's, it's in their blood. It's in their DNA. They know how to do business. They know how to trade. And... and, and um, and just historically, the Jewish people have been very good at doing business, very good at banking, very good at understanding how commerce, how economies, how these things work. And God set it up. He set it up in their DNA geographically by strategically placing them, by telling a man named Abram to get out of Ur and go to a land, I'm going to show you, go to a land called Canaan. 
And, and we really see the significance of that location under Solomon's realm. So let's go to 1 Kings 10. And we'll start here in verse 14. I actually want to read through verse 14 through 29. So it says here, the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly was 666 talents of gold. Besides that, from the traveling merchants, from the income of traders, from all the kings of Arabia, and from the governors of the country. And King Solomon had had made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 shields of hammered gold. Three minas of gold went into each shield. The king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. So gold came from the south. It came from Africa, probably through Egypt. Um, You know, Solomon built the temple, right? He built the temple. The temple had a lot of wood, a lot of cedar, and a lot of gold. So because Israel was, was the center of these great civilizations, like the cedar came from the north, came from Lebanon, so at, at one point in time, the, the Lebanese people were friendly and traded with Israel. Today, they are not. Today, they like to shoot missiles at Israel. I've been at the Israeli-Lebanese border. Um, but, but, but Solomon built the temple with cedar from Lebanon and gold from Africa. Um, verse 18 said, moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory. Ivory probably came from Africa as well from the Egyptian civilization and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps and the top of the throne was round at the back. There were armrests on either side of the place of the seat and two lions stood beside the armrests. Twelve lions stood there, one on each side of the six steps. Nothing like this had been made for any other kingdom. No other kingdom had the resources that Israel had because God made them this center. God actually gave them the inheritance of the nations. He gave them the very best of the nations. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is from Psalm 2, verse 8. It says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. That is what God did in Solomon's realm. He gave them the very best resources, the inheritance of all of these nations. Uh, Verse 21, it said, All King Solomon's drinking vessels were gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Not one was silver, for this was accounted as nothing in the days of Solomon. That's pretty cool. Silver and gold has been going up as of late. I just checked the price of gold. I think it's over $1,800 an ounce. Um, Let's go on verse 22. For the king had merchant ships at sea with the fleet of Haram. Haram was a king from the north. He was from Tyra, um, the area of Tyra and Sidon. He was a Phoenician king. Um, you know, later on, the, you know, the, the, the Sidonians would worship Baal. That's where uh, Jezebel came from. Um, not very nice people later on in history, but, but um, um, Solomon actually made an alliance with Haram, and that actually helped Solomon um, just expand his trading capabilities. Haram and the Phoenicians were known for building ships. And somehow he was able to convince Hiram to build ships for, for Israel. So not only could they, they, could they travel via land, they could also travel through the Mediterranean Sea. So, so he, he, he began starting this, this great um, economy through trading. Um, God was bringing about supernatural significance based upon their location. It says, once every three years, the merchant ships came back bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and, and monkeys or peacocks. Pretty cool. 
Uh, there's actually some significance there. I'm gonna get, I have a point from that very verse. Peacocks in the Bible. God spoke to me through this verse. So um, get ready. Uh, verse 23, so King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. For each man brought his present articles of silver and gold, garments, armor, spices, horses, and mules at a set rate year by year. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. That's pretty awesome. He made cedar trees as abundant as the sycamores, which are in the lowland. I, I never really understood how, you know, cedar, why, why would cedar, why would trees be such an expensive comedy and an expensive commodity until recently, right, with, with all this crazy economic things affecting timber prices and home prices. Verse 28, also Solomon had horses imported from Egypt and Keva. So he's bringing, he's importing, you know, the, the inheritance of the nations, horses and chariots from Egypt, the king's merchants. He brought them in Keva at the current price. Now a chariot that was imported from Egypt cost 600 shekels of silver and a horse 150. And thus, through their agents, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites. The Hittites were directly to the north and to the kings of Syria. So right here we see that, that Solomon understood the geographic significance of where Israel is at. They have Egypt to the south, to the southwest. They have the Syrians, the Hittites, the Phoenicians to the north. And, and he, he, he started bringing in chariots, trading them, selling them for a more expensive rate to the Syrians. And, and God just blew up the wealth for the nation of Israel. So, so not only Solomon was incredibly wealthy, but I understand that the, the entire nation became so wealthy that even silver was just like rocks that you would step on in the streets of Jerusalem. Pretty cool. So this is my point from, from, from most of this, is that your location has supernatural significance. You need to understand that. You need to understand that right where you are at, there is purpose for right where you are at right now in life. Right where you're working, right where you're living, right where you're going to church, right where you're driving, right where you're shopping. God wants to bring about divine connections. So we have to be able to hear God's voice. You have to be able to hear God's voice and not just look on the surface. You need to ask God, God, why do you want me here? Why am I here today? I want to know that I'm smack dab in the middle of where you want me to be. And that is an exciting place to be in. Right smack dab in the middle of where you want to be. You need to be happy. Know that I am happy where I am. I'm happy to be doing what God has called me to do because you've led me here and you have purpose for me being here right now and doing what I'm doing right now. Right now, I'm the happiest I will ever be in my life. This is the greatest season of my life right now. I know that God has great things in store for me. He's shown me some. I'm excited about them, but right now is important. Right now, God has strategically placed me here tonight. So this is the happiest I will ever be right now. This is the best season I will be in right now. That is an attitude that every believer should have. No day is wasted. No season is wasted 
God is teaching me things. He's showing me things. He's preparing me. But I, I can enjoy right where I'm at right today. And I know this because I hear from God and he's told me, Aaron, you are right where you need to be. Just enjoy it. Amen? So just trust God. And I, I, just, I just love this, that, that God, he, he was bringing this verse to pass, this, this Psalm 2 verse say, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. We see here that there was income happening from traders from the kings of Arabia to the east of the Jordan River. There was cedar from Lebanon from the north. The gold was coming from the south from the Egyptian empire. Ships were being built and given to him from Haram, the Phoenician king, which is uh, in modern day Lebanon in the north. They were getting chariots from Egypt, selling them to the Hittites and Syrians in the north and the northeast. And, and this all started happening in Solomon's reign because there was peace. For, for, this, for this type of flow to happen, there needs to be peace. David, David brought unity to the kingdom. He brought unity to, to the 12 tribes of Israel. He fought a lot of battles, but he couldn't have the same economic prosperity, the same influence that Solomon had because he was in a constant state of war and battles. Basically, his entire, his entire life, from the moment he was anointed king till the moment he died, he, he was fighting battles. But, but he set up a place for peace for Solomon, and peace is priceless. That's a statement that a pastor, that the previous associate pastor before me, Max Cornell, made. He's going to be preaching at our family camp meeting. He's, set, he's, he's founded a great church in the Kansas City area. Max Cornell, you want to hear him preach. But as he was talking to my dad, just talking about some of the, the drama that was going on at the, at the church, this is a few years ago at the time, with, with the worship leader and these things, he just said, you know what, peace is priceless. And that really struck my dad, and, and he... He, he wrote that down. I, I've written it down. Peace is priceless. And peace really leads to prosperity. Uh, you know, because there was peace, Solomon could, could start. It's hard to trade with people when you're trying to shoot at them. So because there was peace, there's there this flow of trade that could happen. I believe that God, God really values peace. He wants peace here in, in his kingdom. He wants peace in his churches because that's how, how the anointing can flow. If there's constant struggle, constant battles, constant struggling for position and fighting and bickering and, and these types of things, it's hard for, for, for his shalom to flow. Peace is priceless. You know, in the church, God wants a flow. He wants the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow. He wants there to be peace. He wants there to be unity. And this is a word for some people here tonight. Maybe you've been clinging on trying to appease people who just can't be appeased. You, you're, you're trying to do everything you can do, and they're just, just constantly twisting things, constantly manipulated, constantly offended, constantly. Just stop trying. And if they go, let them go. There are some people that no matter what you can do, you can never please them. You know, maybe, maybe it's a business partner. Maybe, maybe it's, it's someone that you've been trying. I don't, I don't know, but, but there, God, there's a word for some people tonight. Don't worry about it. If they've left, don't worry about it. Because God, God wants there to be peace. 
And when, when there is peace, there, there can be a flow of his anointing. There can be a flow of his prosperity and his provision in your life. He can start bringing about some divine things when, when there is just that shalom peace in your life. I remember, um, this is several years before I met Heather, but I was, I was in a very serious relationship. I was actually engaged to someone um, for, for a couple years. We, we had dated for several years, and um, there's just a lot of tension in that relationship. She was from a different country, and her family did not want her to marry an American. Period. And um, th- there was just never peace there. There was always constant turmoil, a constant struggle, a constant, and just no matter what either one of us did, it would never bring peace to that situation. So eventually, we, we just both heard from God and just decided to, to, to step out of it, go our own separate ways. And once that happened, um, God actually started doing a lot of neat things in my life. I was, I was trying to hold on to this thing through my own strength, through my own power, through my own, you know, what, what looks like a good thing on the surface. But when I just let go and trusted God, that's when things started really beginning to flow in my life, especially financially. The, the, actually, the, the exact day that we broke up, I sold, I sold um, two watches to someone um, on Craigslist in Houston. And I actually, um, I sold two, two nice watches to someone on Craigslist in Houston. Uh, the deal was a little sketchy. He wanted to meet, meet me like in a kind of sketchy area of town and in, in, meet in the parking lot of a grocery store. So I said, sure, whatever. And um, I sold him two watches. He gave me $500. I, I paid like $300 for the watches. I was kind of like Solomon, you know, taking watches from Egypt, selling them to the, to the Syrians and... Um, but this Syrian gave me $400 of counterfeit cash. I didn't realize that at the time. I was actually saving up cash. I, um, I was going to be coming home a few weeks later um, for, for Christmas break. And um, I, I was trying to save up enough cash to uh, get my wisdom teeth taken out. I, uh, I, I had been holding off on getting my wisdom teeth taken out. I thought, I, I was hoping I'd, I'd get a good job by that time that would give me, you know, good medical and dental. And I just did the dental benefits to... Pay, pay for my, but, but I didn't get the job I was believing for. Instead, I kept going to school forever. And um, I, had, I had to pay my own, you know, way for, for my wisdom teeth to get taken out. My dad found, you know, my pastor Lawson is, is, of course, part Jewish. A third of him is Jewish. It's the spirit of Christ on this. He found a great deal with the oral surgeon in Denver, and, and he cut him even a greater deal for, for doing it cash. But it'd be $2,000 cash. So I was, I was saving up all my money at the time. $2,000 cash. I came home. The morning of my, my surgery, my dad was counting out my money. And uh, he, he noticed like uh, $400 bills looked a little funny. And I hadn't noticed at the time, you know, this is kind of a, you know, dark back alley type situation where I got paid this money. And, and he said, this kind of looks funny. And just my stomach sank because I knew right at that moment where I got that, gotten that money a few weeks before. And he took it to his banker. And sure enough, it was counterfeit money. And um, my dad was very generous, and he bought a watch for, from me for like $400 so I'd have enough money, cash that day to go get my wisdom teeth taken out that kept getting infected and bothering me. And, um, but from that, you're thinking, well, where's the flow there, Pastor Aaron? Where's the prosperity there, Pastor Aaron? Well, those, those who, who are 
anointed and called by God according to his purpose, God can turn things around. So God showed me, hey, maybe it's a little sketchy to just sell stuff on Craigslist. You know, you got some counterfeit money. Something worse could have happened. Maybe you should find a safer way to be a middleman. So that, that's when I got the idea. I'm going to start selling on eBay. And from eBay, I went from selling just a few watches a month to selling within a year, 100 watches a month, and I started making $10,000 profit a month by selling watches. There was a flow that started that very night when I just let go and trusted God. Peace is priceless. You know, I think about Psalm 133. Let's read Psalm 133. So this is, this is a good word for several of you tonight who are just trying to cling on to someone who just treats you like dirt. And there's just lots of turmoil and tension. And maybe this person is just constantly stirring up stuff. If just... Let him go. Unless God is specifically calling you to, 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 to do something with that particular relationship. But I think some of us are, are so, I, I've learned as a pastor, sometimes if someone is so problematic and hard, just can't come into unity, sometimes it's better just to let it go. Amen? That's a great word. Psalm 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. God has his commanded blessing where there is unity, where there is peace. Peace is priceless. Let me... Go on to my next point in my notes here. Oh, I, I thought of uh, something my wife told me. I, I wasn't as privileged as her to get to go to Karis Bible College. Um, you know, I went to college for music for forever, for like 11 years, but I, I got to kind of piggyback off of her education and learn vicariously through her. But I was listening to one of her, her um, teachers um, kind of talking about the importance of peace and unity, especially within a church. It was uh, Pastor Greg Moore. Um, who's a great Bible teacher, a great um, staff member at the Bible college up there. And he was just telling a story about, um, in his pastoring is at one point he had two staff members that were constantly at each each other's throats. I think one was a worship pastor and one was a youth pastor, I think. But they were just constantly feuding. He said whenever they were feuding against each other, just stirring up strife against each other, he noticed that that the income of the church would just significantly dip. But he said well, once they both exited, and I think he tried to work with them, tried to, he's, a, he's a true pastor. You, true pastors try to give people as much grace as possible. But eventually they both stepped out, and then something happened when they both stepped out. The income went up. And he knows that, that, that where there's that strife, where, like it, 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 it hurt the flow of things at the church, including the flow of finances at the church. So again, um, don't, don't hold on too tightly to people who are causing strife, people who are constantly offended, and people who you can't please no matter what you do. There are people like that out there. All right, um, I want to tell you about this verse that kind of piqued my interest there in 1 Kings 10, verse 22. 
And also 23. So it says, For the king had merchant ships at sea with the fleet of Haram. Once every three years, the merchant ships came back bringing gold, silver. So, so we, get, we get gold, right? We get, all right, Solomon is a wealthy man. So if he's wealthy, he wants to have gold. He wants to have silver. That, those are things you accumulate to, to become more prosperous, right? That's how it was back then. That is still how it is today, especially with gold being $800 an ounce. They also brought in ivory, which, which I can understand is being valuable. Um, you know, Fisher, Fisher um, he, he's lost a few teeth, and the tooth fairy visits his, you know, bedroom at night when he loses teeth. And, and the tooth fairy, um, he asks what the, the tooth fairy's name is and where she's from. So we said, well, her name is Tina, the tooth fairy, and she's from Tennessee, because that's where he was born. So the tooth fairies come from the place you were born, so that, that meant a lot to him that Tina comes all the way from Tennessee whenever he loses a tooth. And one time, Tina um, left him. Tina always leaves him a note when he loses a tooth. This is a few years ago. I don't know if this is work for him now that he's eight. But Tina left a note saying, uh, what did Tina say? Yeah, so it was, um, roses are red, violets are blue, piano keys are white, and your teeth are too. So I said, he's asking, where does Tina get this money? I said, well, I said, Tina takes the teeth and sells it to the piano factories. Because it's now illegal to get ivory, because elephants are, are, are protected, which I'm glad they're protected, but it's, it's illegal to, to, to get ivory you know, from Africa like Solomon did. So, so that the, Tina gets all this money from selling the ivory from your teeth to the piano keys. And he was learning piano at the time, so... That made sense to his, you know, five-year-old mind at the time. So ivory, ivory, you know, is, is a, a costly thing, but, but I, I just find this, found this interesting, you know, it says apes and monkeys here. And in the King James, um, it says apes and peacocks. So the Bible here is saying, you know, Solomon's wealthy because he has gold, okay, he has silver, okay, he has ivory, but he has apes and peacocks. God spoke to me through this. He said, God, God wants to bring you wealth in the usual ways, through the usual streams of, of wealth making, but God wants to bring you, bring you wealth through unusual ways, with unusual things. Maybe you went to school to learn how to blow hot air through a silver pipe, and you make some money doing that. You get some gold, some silver from doing that, but maybe God wants to bring you a peacock, just an out-of-the-blue peacock that, 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 that is, that is going to help you make money. Some of you need to listen to God because God wants to bring some peacocks into your life. He wants to do some unusual, out-of-the-box things where he brings increase into your life, where he brings blessing, where he brings wealth into, from, from unusual, unusual ways. And when you look at it, you're going to say, well, that, that's a peacock, so that must be from God. You know, I was expecting the gold, you know, this, this is what I went to school for, this is, you know, this is what I get my paycheck for, but God, I wasn't expecting this. You know, I remember when, when I first moved here six years ago, I, I really felt in my heart I needed to buy a house. I didn't really need a house, I lived in apartments all my life, you know, my parents had a big house, I could have done the typical millennial thing and lived in their basement. But God just put on my heart, you need to buy a house. So I bought a house for, for $250,000, and when I met Heather, I told her, well, Heather, this is going to be your house. You can do whatever you want with it. But she, she, she bought one and just bulldoze it and just redo the whole thing. <laughs> so I said, well, maybe, maybe rather than just completely gutting this whole house, 
Let's tr- and, and living through a giant remodel. I'm glad we didn't do that because we would have been doing that during COVID when you know, everything was going crazy with all that, that kind of nonsense. Um, when governments were shutting down the trade because they were battling certain things, you know. Um, so we, so I, I decided, well, let's sell the house and buy another house. So, so I ended up selling that house for $420,000, and I just put a little bit of money into it. So I made $140,000 from something that I was not expecting at all. That was a peacock. It was exciting, and it is a little difficult to sell because um, um, the whole, like, two weeks to curb thing started, like, the day before, like, I don't know, just, just we, no one would even come look at the house because everyone was scared of everything, and, and uh, it was a little difficult to sell initially. Later on, of course, things aren't difficult to sell now in the housing market, but um, if I just said, God, if you make this happen, if you get, a, get us the price we're looking for, I'm going to, God, you, I'm, I'm a tither, I'm a giver, I'm going to tithe off this to you. you you're, the cool thing about tithing is that, that you're not just giving God a paycheck, you're not just giving God a tip, but, but he's getting a percentage of what's happening in you. He's a partner with you in your finances. So I said, God, you're a partner with me in my finances. I want to sell this thing, and I want to write out a big check to you when this thing sells, and I did. It's really cool when you write out a $14,000 check to Caris Christian Center. Some of you, you're welcome to do, to do so tonight if, you, if you'd like to. But that, that, I, I was not, that was not in my plan. That was not, but God, God told me, hey, Aaron, you, you've been doing a great job as a pastor. Think of this as your bonus. Pastor Lawson would not give me that type of peacock. He'll give me a little gold and silver that, that's, you know, approved by the board. But he would just not give me a bonus of $140,000. But God can give you a peacock. Maybe your boss can give you a little gold, a little silver. But God has other ways to bring you he has other, like, ways that he has strategically placed you. Amen? So God wants to bring you unusual wealth. He likes to do things in unusual ways. And I believe that he wants to bring blessing on you, on your family. You know, I was kind of, Heather and I were talking about this, about what's the difference between wealth and riches, and I believe there is a difference between wealth and riches. Riches you can count, wealth you cannot count. God wants to make you wealthy in many ways, not just financial, but, but he wants to make you wealthy in your, in your family, in your relationships, um, just in your, in your peace of mind, with your joy, with your sense of fulfillment. He wants to bring wealth that not just impacts you, but impacts generations after you. He wants to hit you so hard with his blessing that your kids are going to feel it. Woo! That your grandkids will feel it. God hit Solomon so hard with blessing, with wealth, not just money, but wealth, right? There, there are rich people who are not wealthy. Riches can't make you wealthy. I know some very poor, rich people. I love what the Bible says in Psalm 112. One through three, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. I love this. It all starts with your relationship with God. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Your your relationship with God, 
your relationship with the word, your relationship with Jesus. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches, again, two things, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Fearing the Lord, respecting, loving, understanding, prioritizing, it goes hand in hand. Fearing the Lord goes hand in hand with loving the word of God. With knowing Jesus and following him. You know, Solomon had riches and he had wisdom. It says this in verse 23, right? Verse 23, it says, King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. I love that, in wisdom. You know, Heather and I, um, Heather's a very generous person. She makes plans to be generous. She had planned for a while. She wanted to give um, Mark Hankins, his ministry, a significant donation she told me about it. She knows I'm a planner, so if I want to do something big, I have to tell Aaron so he can start getting his gears going, thinking about how to make it happen. And we, we were able to write a big check, send it to him, and he wrote a nice thank you back. But I loved what he wrote in his thank you, what he prayed for us. He prayed that, that we would have revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. And I thought, how, how valuable is that? That's so much more valuable than saying, hey, I, I hope that this money comes back to you like, I want, from, from this seed that you've sown, I want you to have revelation, knowledge from the Holy Spirit. That is what Solomon wanted. He wanted Holy Spirit, revelation, wisdom from God. Psalm 119, 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I love diving into God's word and seeing how how. God brought peacocks to Solomon and how there can be revelation from that. The, the, the word of God is full of treasure, full of treasure, full of just this wealth of treasure. And it's all found in the person of Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have all the wealth you need. I love what the Bible says in Colossians 2, verse 3, in whom in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom, and knowledge, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, supernatural revelation, it's found in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, this is my last point, Holy Spirit revelation is the greatest treasure. It's not just about money, it's not just about riches. God wants to do something so much more in you and through you than that. He'll bring you riches, he'll bring you wealth and riches, it says that there in the Bible. But he wants to bring you the treasures of, of his wisdom and knowledge. Holy Spirit revelation is the greatest treasure of all. I love what the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. This is a prayer that Paul prayed, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. We should pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, and that only comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? So this is my conclusion for you tonight. Before this unusual treasure that God brought to me, an unexpected peacock of a woman, one of a kind, she has made me truly wealthy. I had money before I met Heather. 
But I, I was a penny pincher, so I didn't have any way to spend it. Now I have ways to spend it. <laughs> I was a poor rich man. Now I'm a wealthy rich man, and my wife knows where to put the riches that God brings me. Amen? So my conclusion is this. You are not here by coincidence. I believe right now, right now, God has you strategically placed. Right wherever you're at, God has you strategically placed there. You might not be there forever, but right now there is purpose for you being there. And I just pray that his peace be upon you, that he leads you into unexpected and unusual wealth. That might be financial, that might be relational, that might be finding peace and purpose in unusual places. But I pray that God give you the greatest treasure of all, and that is a relationship with Jesus, and that will lead you to a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge straight from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www. .carischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.